सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर करवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषावै ओ शाति ओम मे द लॉर्ड प्रोटेक्ट अस बोथ द टीचर एंड द टॉट टुगेदर May the Lord protect us both by giving us the results of knowledge. May we attain vigor together. Let what we study be invigorating. May we not cavil at each other. Om, peace, peace, peace. So in our um, Upanishad class, Vedanta study group, we are studying Upanishads and Katha uh, Upanishad. and we were in the second chapter katopanishad do you remember it has um, two chapters and the second chapter first section i think we had done the fifth mantra all right the sixth mantra and i'll, I'll uh, give a an overall picture of what's going on just chant the sixth mantra 2 1 6 यूर्व तपसो जातमूर्वजात गुहा प्रवेश यो भूते भीर्व्यपश्यतेमेंटर so that's the sixth mantra now what does that mean before we go into all this let me just give you the big picture once again what's going on here this section uh, full of lot of uh, special special terms let's say vedic terms so it, one needs to have the big picture in mind otherwise it will seem very complicated it isn't all that complicated the aim of this this section up to mantra number 10 this part is to establish oneness we have first seen that we are not the body not the mind we are pure consciousness you know uh, we are this witness consciousness now oneness has to be established oneness means yes i am witness consciousness i am awareness but i am aware of so many things uh, i am aware of my own thoughts and feelings and emotions and memories then i am aware of my own body then i'm aware of the world of people and animals and plants and objects and the sky and earth and water so i'm aware of so many things so many things appear to awareness what is the relationship between awareness and its objects what's the relationship between you and the universe upanishad teaches this is a real teaching of the upanishad is oneness that everything that you see is this one reality which is consciousness and that consciousness you are the entire universe is one with you now in order to establish this oneness the way it is done is um, so this is where last time i mentioned um, vedanta sara becomes very useful you know the whatever has been shown there vedanta sara basically uh, it's based on mantras like this what is what we are going to talk about now um consciousness brahman the absolute reality you with the power of maya um, projects this entire universe now this projection of the entire universe occurs in three stages there are three levels to this universe first is the causal state then is the subtle state and then the physical or gross state causal subtle gross karana sukshma sthula uh what is causal what is subtle and what is uh, gross the universe the appearance all of it is at the same time only in consciousness all of these things appear the causal appears the subtle appears and the gross appears now this uh, projection of the universe in three stages causal subtle gross at every stage there is this pair of um the uh, the macrocosm and the microcosm what is this macrocosm and microcosm when we experience the world notice we experience it in two ways 
One is the external world, this entire vast universe. The second one is ourselves, each one of us. So we have our experience of ourselves, the subject, and this entire object. So always the pair is there, subject and object. Micro, and the subject and object will be in two levels, microcosm and macrocosm. Uh, macrocosm is the entire objective universe. Microcosm is us, the subject. And you will have the microcosm and macrocosm subject and object uh, at the causal level, at the subtle level, at the uh, gross or physical level. So two each in three levels, two into three, six. So what are these six? They have names. Consciousness associated with the, another way of understanding causal, subtle and gross is think of a, a seed. The seed is the causal. And then it becomes a seedling. A little plant emerges. That's the subtle. And then it becomes a huge tree with big trunk and branches and leaves and fruits and so on. And roots, of course. So that is the uh, physical or gross. Seed, seedling, tree. Another even better, um, more direct way of understanding this is our own experience of ourselves. Um, deep sleep, then dreams, and then waking. Deep sleep is the causal level. What, what you have in deep sleep as everything is like shut down there. Everything is there because it emerges later on after when you wake up. But it seems in deep sleep a blankness. Just like a seed. In the seed, you don't see roots and flowers and uh, trunk and leaves and branches. But the potential for all of that is there in the seed. Similarly, in deep sleep, you don't have memories and personality and the world. Nothing is uh, experienced. Blank. But it's all there. It emerges. First, it emerges in the uh, subtle state. That is our dream level. But everything is within the mind. It doesn't feel like that. feels like a world. But when we wake up, we realize that the whole dream was in the mind. So subtle. That is the like the, the seedling. Uh, that is the subtle state, our dream state. And then the waking state, where we experience a physical world with uh, our sense organs. That's the gross. So causal is deep sleep. Subtle is dream. And uh, waking is the gross state. Um, in each of these states, you have the microcosm and macrocosm. So consciousness associated with maya, that's the macrocosm, in the causal state, that is called, well, there's a name for that, Ishvara. Consciousness associated with maya, this is, this is causal states, number one causal state. Consciousness associated with maya is Ishvara, the, the is, uh, god, the god of religion, the cause of the entire universe. And at our individual level, consciousness associated with an individual ignorance or avidya, individual causal body, uh, which is in another name for that is Anandamaya Kosha, is each of us. Uh, name for that is Pragya. So these are technical terms, but we were introduced to them in uh, Mandukya Upanishad. We are introduced to them in Vedanta Sara. So this is first pair. What is the first prayer? Uh, first pair, consciousness associated with uh, Maya, Ishwara, consciousness associated with Avidya, Pragya, first pair. Microcosm at the causal level, microcosm at the causal level. Now let us come to the subtle level. Same consciousness, which is associated with Maya, now becomes, now there is a cosmic mind is produced. So consciousness associated with Maya plus overlaid with the cosmic mind is called Hiranyagarbha. Same consciousness. Now there are two layers, Maya plus cosmic mind. It is called Hiranyagarbha. Same consciousness, limited by one causal body, one ignorance, now uh, overlaid with one mind. Uh, and, the, and that is ex each of us we experience in the dream level. That is called Taijasa. Same consciousness. There are not many consciousnesses. So that is the microcosm at the subtle level. Then we wake up and we experience an external universe. What is that? In the macrocosm will now be, in the, at the gross level, the macrocosm will be consciousness associated with Maya plus cosmic mind, plus cosmic body, the entire universe, all the bodies of all living beings. That is called Virat. Virat. Or in Gita, it was called Vishwarup, which Arjuna saw in the 11th chapter. It's the same. That is the macrocosm, this entire universe. Then, the, um, at the individual level, 
it is called vishwa consciousness associated with causal body consciousness associated with causal body plus subtle body plus one physical body so it's called vishwa each one of us is one vishwa so now you have six three pairs of two each and three pairs of uh, at, the, at the causal level um, pragya and ishvara that's one at the uh, subtle level um, taijasa and hiranyagarbha that's two and at the uh, physical level uh, that is gross level you have vishwa and virat all the time it is that same one consciousness it is you it is appearing in so many ways that that one is tejasa same as jivatma yes uh, in fact pragya tejasa and vishwa the same it's a jivatma all of them are jivatma that's um, at the causal level subtle level and physical level uh, and remember when we say jivatma at physical level it is uh, it's a chart or graphic for this uh, i had, i think i had used some uh, during my vedanta sara classes yeah it's pretty easy and we have somewhere i have to see uh, but i think i had used it for the vedanta sar class so when you say jivatma us right now it's not that we are just a body we are a body with physical body subtle body causal body consciousness right now so what is a jivatma what is an individual being it is consciousness plus causal body and subtle body and physical body also but remember when the physical body dies jivatma does not die causal body subtle body consciousness um then they take on another physical body multiple physical bodies come and go we go on from lifetime to lifetime that's the idea anyhow the problem the, the point is it is all one consciousness but then you might say it's one consciousness true but there are so many bodies and world is there we are talking about individual uh, physical body total cosmic body uh, cosmic mind so many minds so many things you are mentioning so how is it one remember it is one consciousness and everything else is an appearance in that consciousness a good example is in your dreams it is one mind which is appearing as the bodies of many people in the dream and the minds of many people in the dream everything in the dream body mind object living non living everything is one mind only similarly it is one consciousness only which you are appearing as this vastness physical subtle causal um all right now these mantras will talk about these three stages at each stage establishing oneness uh, we have already talked about the causal state causal state is ishvara and pragya the god of the universe and the individual being in the causal state so that was and that it is actually one consciousness and always yama is telling the lord of death who is teaching the little boy nachiketa is saying etadvaita this is that this that means this is what you had asked about your question and that one reality which is appearing as many is ishwara with form or without form ishwara is both uh, ishwara is causal level causal level is with form or without form it's formless but it can take because it's formless it can take multiple forms so when it takes multiple forms it's already at the level of Uh, you know uh, you you are experiencing at the level of the mind uh, subtle it's in fact the one which is formless that alone can take multiple forms if it has a form one form that it can't take other forms so it's all sorts of forms are ap- appearances in ishwara all right the thing to keep in mind is in the midst of all these terms lot of terms have been thrown at us in the midst of all these terms it's oneness which is being established oneness with what with consciousness what consciousness you the real you all right why so many terms why not just then simply use terms like uh, ishvara pragya tejasa hiranyagarbha uh, vishwa virat because um, uh, because remember the vedic context upanishads are drawn from the vedas so all these terms may be strange to us but they were well known to uh, vedic people they were terms which were in common use among vedic scholars or the vedic ritualists those used to perform the vedic yagyas many of these terms they would use commonly so it was not unknown to them 
this just shows that these are texts embedded in the Vedas. They are not independent texts. And that's why later on, books like Vedanta Sara had to do a lot of systematization. You know, multiple words are used for the same thing. For Hiranyagarbha, so many words are used. You bring it under one term, Hiranyagarbha. For uh, Ishvara, God, so many terms are used. You bring it under one term, Ishvara, and so on. All right. Now let us look at the sixth mantra, which we just read. Sixth mantra. So fifth mantra was about Ishvara, causal level, oneness at causal level. A sixth mantra and seventh mantra will be about subtle level, cosmic mind, our mind and cosmic mind. It is same one consciousness. That's what they're going to show. Look at the sixth mantra. Yav purvam tapaso jatam adbhya purvam ajayata. There's so much Vedic background here. I'll try to give a little bit as we go along here. We'll just see what, but the, don't forget the main point. It's talking about oneness. Guham pravishyatishtantam yo bhute bhir vyaprasyata etad vaitat. Yav purvam tapaso jatam. So the one which is born first, purvam, first. What is first born? So in um, Vedic cosmology, the first one which appears is Brahma or Hiranyagarbha. In iconography, you will see Vishnu. Vishnu is what? Vishnu is God, Ishvara, the causal level. So he's always reclining, he's shown as being in deep sleep. He's a bit of a couch potato, always in deep sleep. Now from the navel of Vishnu, you will see a lotus is blooming. And in that lotus, Brahma is sitting, not Brahman, Brahma. Brahma is Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind. So Hiranyagarbha is the first bond. What is the first thing which appears? In, um, in, you know, um, uh, in Ishvara. Uh, from the causal level, what's the first thing that is? Cause, causal level is the seed, is the cause. What does, what's the first thing that the cause produces? The cause, God, what's the first thing that is created? And that is the cosmic mind. Um, Hiranyagarbha, consciousness with cosmic mind. Same consciousness now gets the cosmic mind. Mundaka Upanishad. So all the Upanishads, they mention Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind. Uh, Mundaka Upanishad, the first mantra of the Mundaka Upanishad, which we will do, I think, next after this. The first mantra, it begins like this. Brahma Devanam Prathamasambhuva Vishwasya Karta Bhuvanasya Gopta Sabrahma Vidyam Sarva Vidya Pratishtam Atharvaya Jeshta Putraya Praha So the first mantra of the Mundaka Upanishad says, of this entire universe, First appeared Brahma or Hiranyagarbha. Brahma Devanam Prathamasambhuva. Of all the gods, these are gods with small g. We will see more about that. These are gods with small g. Of that, the first to appear was Brahma. So Brahma, Hiranyagarbha, has a beginning and an end. In each universe, um, new Hiranyagarbha appears. Consciousness with causal body produces a new Hiranyagarbha at, at the beginning of every universe. And what does this Hiranyagarbha Brahma do? He now he or it now creates the entire universe. Vishwasya Karta is the creator of the universe. So, but didn't we say God is the creator of the universe? Yes, but God sort of subcontracts it out. God doesn't do anything. God just there blesses. By the very presence of God, the universe is created. Yes, Hiranyagarbha, same as uh, Prajapati. Although there are so many terms, there are multiple Prajapatis mentioned. So Hiranyagarbha, Prajapati, Brahma, these are multiple terms which are used. But Prajapati is also used in other, other contexts. So, Hiranyagarbha is the creator of the universe, being given that job by God. So, Brahma is always busy creating the universe. That's why in the um, Hindu uh, idea of the Trinity, Brahma, Vishnu, Maheshwara. Brahma is the creator of the universe. Vishnu is the preserver who maintains the universe. And Maheshwara is the one who dissolves the universe. But all three are nothing other than the, uh, the God Ishwara, the, the causal power. Ishwara is Brahman plus Maya, consciousness plus Maya. So, is the creator of the universe. Anyway, my point is Purvam Jatam, born first. This is the word, literally it means firstborn. Who is the firstborn from the cause? Um, Hiranyagarbha, cosmic mind. How is it firstborn? Tapasa. By austerity, tapasya, by the meditation of God. So Ishwara um, 
meditated or concentrated and the first emanation was Brahma. That's always, you will see this in the, repeated in the Vedas. Someone might ask here, wait a minute, didn't you say Ishwara is consciousness plus Maya? So how can, you know, there's no mind there. What will concentrate? What will think? What will say? I will create and all of that. It's not possible. It's only consciousness plus Maya. So the answer we give is that Maya is dynamic. Maya is continuously this change. There is Sattva, Rajas, Tamas continuously in, in a dynamic state. The change itself is called Maya Vritti, uh, the modifications of Maya. This modifications of Maya itself is the cause of the emanation of uh, Hiranyagarbha, cosmic mind. So here Tapasa. Tapasa means Tapasya or meditation or austerity. And this one, this Hiranyagarbha is halfway. It is... Um, uh, it is after Ishwara, after the causal state, but before Virat, be before the physical state. Just like you um, in deep sleep and you in the physical state, right now what you are, in between is you in the dream state. It is more manifest, more gross than the causal state, but less manifest, more subtle than the uh, gross or physical state in between. That's why it says, Adbhyapurvam Majayata. This one, however, was born before the five elements. Literally means before the waters. But water, not just water. It means before sky and uh, air and fire and water and earth. Before the five elements were produced, this one. Five elements here means the five gross elements. Uh, what is cosmic mind made of? Five subtle elements. What is subtle element? What is gross element? Don't bother about it. All these were discussed in detail in Vedanta Sara. So here the Upanishad doesn't explain any of that. He just says, was born before the waters. But it's very poetic. If you see the hymn of, um, you know, Nasadiya Suktam, Nasadasid, Nasadasid, Kimasid, Gahanam, Gavhiram. In the beginning, before the universe was created, there was no object, no, there was no thing that existed. Nor was there anything that did not exist. Or desad and asad there means there was no physical object, there was no subtle object. You see how it makes sense. Only what remained, what was only there? Consciousness plus maya. But the way it is said there, I'm here we are using very dry philosophical terms, consciousness plus maya. But the Vedic, you know, they were poets. So they said, uh, what was there in the depths of that darkness, in the depths of the dark waters, what moved, what breathed? Kimasid, Gahanam, Gabhiram. It's very interesting that if you look at the book of Genesis in, in the Bible, this, the spirit of the Lord moved on the waters. That's the beginning of the, before creation of the universe. So here, water simply means there is consciousness plus the potential, the, the maya, which then appears as the five subtle elements, which then becomes the five gross elements. And remember, we had read how it becomes the process of panchikaranam, the five-fold combination of one with the others, and so on. It's, it's complicated, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, concern us here. All it just means is that born before the waters, it means born before the physical elements were produced. And what is Hiranyagarbha made of? What is Ishwara, God made of? What's the substance of God? Consciousness plus Maya. What is Maya made of? Sattva Rajastamas. What is Sattva Rajastamas made of? Nothing. They don't exist actually. They are appearances of consciousness. Um, then, so Jatam Adhyapurva Majayatam. So before the five gross elements were produced, what was produced? The five subtle elements. Where do we know all this? Upanishad says, Tasmadva etasmad atmana akasha sambhuta. From that atman, from that pure consciousness appeared. Why did it appear? Because of maya. What appeared? Space or sky. Akashad vayu, from space or sky appeared air. Uh, vayu ragni, from air appeared fire. Uh, Agnir Apaha from fire appeared water. Adbhyaf Prithivi 
So from water appeared the earth. And again, there are deeper philosophical meanings of this. It doesn't mean the physical, like what we see as air or, uh, or the physical clay of the earth. All right, the next line, guham pravishya tishtantam yo bhute bhir vyapashyata. So guham pravishya. Now, the first one was cosmic. Pure consciousness with maya now has cosmic mind. Now a new name we give it, hiranyagarbha. Literally, the word hiranyagarbha means the golden womb or the golden egg, hiranyagarbha. Now the same thing is also happening at our individual level. What was happening at individual level? Same, you, the consciousness, were enveloped by one uh, individual causal body. When, when did that happen? Every night, deep sleep, we experience that. Then what's the next thing that happens? Mind appears when we start dreaming. So that mind, guham pravishya, the same cosmic subtle body, Hiranyagarbha, has entered into all living beings uh, in the cave of the heart as the subtle body of all beings. So Hiranyagarbha exists in all of us. Cosmic mind exists in all of us. Where? Where? In our minds. What we experience as our minds is a tiny, tiny part of the cosmic mind. Just as our physical bodies is a tiny, tiny part of the cosmic body, our minds are also tiny parts of the cosmic mind. So it has entered into us. Hiranyagarbha is there within us. All the powers which we use, jnana, icha, kriya shakti, the ability to know, cognition, ability to want, and ability to do. Jnana, Icha, Kriya. Jnana, knowledge, Icha, all desire, wanting, and Kriya, action, dynamism. Cognition, emotion, and will. All of these are powers of Hiranyagarbha. The subtle body has actually... 19 parts, or in some calculations, 17. It's a pretty easy calculation. What are they? The five sense organs. The power of seeing. I don't mean exactly the physical eyes. No, the power of seeing, power of hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. The touch. One might say that's pretty anthropocentric. You know, that's pretty human. What about electric eel? Some, you know, the snakes have infrared vision and things like that. Bats have sonar and uh, echolocation. True. But remember, all of this which we are studying has been designed to describe us and help us to realize we are pure consciousness. It's not meant for bats or snakes. It's meant for the human beings. So it's properly designed to describe us. So um, first, five sense organs, or the five powers of the sense organs. Then the five uh, karmendriya, motor organs, the ability to grasp, you know, locomotion, walking, uh, excretion, reproduction, and speech. So five sense or, uh, five motor organs, organs of action. So five plus five, ten. Then five pancha prana, the five pranas, basically physiological functions which keep this body alive. Uh, breathing, blood circulation, assimilation of food, and so on. So five, five pranas, five pancha prana. Uh, the entirety of Ayurveda is based on these ideas, the panchaprana. It's the activity of the prana which determines health and sickness. So panchaprana, your five plus five plus five, 15. Now four more, the inner instrument. What is the inner instrument? Mano, buddhi, chitta, hankara. Mind, intellect, memory, and ego. Mind, intellect, memory, and ego. Sometimes, so we have got how many? Five plus five plus five plus four. Five sense organs, five organs of action, five pranas, and four of the internal uh, organ, that is mind, intellect, memory, and ego. So that's 19. Five, 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 and four, 19. This 19 comprises our subtle body. And also Hiranyagarbha. All the powers are there in here. Actually, we are getting our individual subtle bodies are getting that power from Hiranyagarbha. So Hiranyagarbha has all these powers of vision, of sight, you know, of, of hearing, of thinking, desiring, action, everything, all powers. Actually, the powerful one is Hiranyagarbha, not Ishwara. Ishwara, of course, is all powerful, but Ishwara is everything is in the potential form. 
Then, and remember this distinction we are making between Ishwara and Hiranyagarbha, between God and cosmic mind. It's an uh, unnecessary distinction. It's like distinguishing between you in the deep sleep and you in the dream state. It's the same you. So, uh, in God, it's all potential. In Hiranyagarbha, all the powers now fully manifest. So, that one enters into us as a subtle body. And that now, so I, who was in consciousness, I was with, with my individual ignorance in deep sleep. As the mind comes into play, now I'm able to think and see and hear and smell and taste and touch. Even in the dream world, I can do that. In dream world also, we have a, uh, we have a sort of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, uh, thinking, desiring, walking. Everything that we do in the waking world, we seem to have those potentially in the uh, dream world, at least a subtle version of it. In the midst of all these subtle and gross elements, the one who sees this oneness, you have to connect when the one who sees, who is the one who sees? You, hopefully, each of us, hopefully, we begin to see that I, the consciousness, uh, along with causal body and uh, subtle body, I'm an individual being at the subtle level and at the cosmic level, the same consciousness is Hiranyagarbha. Why are we doing all this? Etadvaitat. Yama says, this is what you had asked for. You had asked the question. That question I'm answering. That, that consciousness which you are is also Hiranyagarbha. It's not only God, it's also Hiranyagarbha. So here the two things are mentioned here. One is Hiranyagarbha, the cosmic mind. In the second line, when it says Buham Pravishya, it means the microcosm, each one of us individually. And it's the same, it's one. That mind which is there within us individually, total is the cosmic mind. And behind it is one consciousness, which you are. One, one might ask, if I am the consciousness behind all minds, cosmic mind, I should be able to know the contents of all minds. Why do I know only one mind, con con content of one mind? But remember, knowing something, is a function of a mind. So I, the consciousness associated with this mind, will have knowledge of this mind in this mind and of that mind in that mind. But still, if we are all connected as Hiranyagarbha, shouldn't it be possible, theoretically at least, to know everything? Because Hiranyagarbha knows everything. In the cosmic mind will be the knowledge of all minds. In individual minds, like each one of our minds, will be the knowledge of individual minds. But since individual minds are part of cosmic mind, shouldn't we have asked, so what is the password for going into uh, accessing, hacking into the minds of others? And yogis can do that, that it is possible. It is possible. And there are many instances of people um, having telepathic powers. So uh, individual, individually knowing the contents of people's minds here, ne either nearby or even far away. Uh, I have seen a number of cases. But generally, an individual being, no matter if, even if a yogi, will not know the contents of all the minds simultaneously. So only Hiranyagarbha knows the contents of all the minds simultaneously. Therefore, one may escape from everybody, but you can't escape from Hiranyagarbha. Hiranyagarbha sees everything all the time. Etadvaita, this is that which you, O Nachiketa, you had asked for. One more mantra dedicated to oneness or Hiranyagarbha. Seventh, um, yes, seventh mantra. Ya prane na sambhavati aditir devata mai guham pravishyatishthantim ya bhute bhirvyajayata etadvaitat. Let's look at the translation by Swami Gambhiranandaji. Seventh mantra. Again about Hiranyagarbha. He sees that very Brahman who sees that Aditi comprising all the deities who take birth as Hiranyagarbha, who is manifested in association with the elements and who is seated in the cavity of the heart after entering there. All right. So now, further complication. 
Devata, the deity, the gods. Here, gods with small g. So in Hinduism, you have a whole range of uh, gods. There is Indra, Chandra, Varuna, uh, Agni, and so on. And many, many, many. They say there are 33 crores of gods, you say. But what are these actually? These are nothing but consciousness associated with Maya, associated with Hiranyagarbha, with the individual powers of Hiranyagarbha. Hiranyagarbha is a sum total of all minds and all capacities. So suppose consciousness with Maya in Hiranyagarbha associated with one particular power, like the power of seeing, power of sight. There's a particular name for that. And that name would be uh, a god or a deity. So the way the Vedic people saw it, that which is the source of light, the sun, is also the deity associated, there's a deity associated with the sun, a god, small g god associated with the sun, is also associated with our power of seeing. And that small g god, um, with Surya, for example, these all these small g gods that all part of Hiranyagarbha. Hiranyagarbha is the sum total of all the small g gods, not God with capital G. God with capital G, God of the universe, God of religion, whom we worship, uh, Vishnu, Shiva, uh, that is Ishvara. That is already there, causal level. But at the subtle level, there are any number of little gods, the uh, thousands of powers and capacities, and their gods associated with each. So these gods are total, totality of these gods, the totality of Devata. The totality of all Devata is Hiranyagarbha. That's why now you can see, understand what he's saying. So I told you, a lot of terms are going to be thrown at us. These terms were common to the Vedic culture. Um, it's just that they've fallen out of use. And Vedanta over the centuries has been systematized using a fewer terms to denote all this, systematizing it all. Instead of all of this, we have one name, Hiranyagarbha. Yaf pranena sambhavati. Ya pranena sambhavati. That which is broad as prana. Now prana here is not just the life force. It is the life force and the, all of the subtle body. It is Hiranyagarbha. Here prana means Hiranyagarbha. What is Hiranyagarbha? Total cosmic mind or total subtle bodies. Cosmic mind is also an ambiguous term. The correct technical term would be the cosmic subtle body, including mind, intellect, memory, um, the uh, ego, all the five pranas, all the five sense organs, all the five motor uh, capacities, all power of cognition, all power, the effective domain and the, um, the uh, cognitive domain. Knowing, feeling, willing, all powers. And these individual powers are called devatas, the gods which are um, like various offices. And these gods are actual beings. So there are gods associated with these powers in the universe. So if you have problem with the eyes, uh, you have to uh, placate Surya. Uh, if you have problem with the digestion, there's a, there's a fire. There's a kind of fire which is in the, uh, in the prana, in, you know, in, in the stomach. Uh, so there are different deities associated with different functions at the cosmic level. And all of them comp comprise the um, comprise the Hiranyagarbha. Now when it says that which is born, born as prana, now a new term has been introduced. What does this prana mean? It means Hiranyagarbha. That which comes as Hiranyagarbha, the, the cosmic subtle body, um, also is equal to Aditi Devatamani. is called Aditi, comp comprised of all the Devatas. Repeat that. Aditi comprised of all the dev all the devatas together hiranyagarbha another name prana another name aditi just as a side note those who know hindu um, mythology aditi was the name of the mother of the gods right uh, so uh, there is just uh, in the stories of, of the gods and the demon but let, now notice how aditi here is um, all the gods together from whom all the individual gods come so, so, mother of the gods. So, um, Aditi. Who is Aditi? All the devatas, the small g gods, all taken together. Um, 
What is that? Prana. What is that? Hiranyagarbha. What is that Hiranyagarbha? Consciousness plus Maya plus the cosmic subtle body. And that same one, this Hiranyagarbha, this Prana, this Aditi, this Devatamai, this all collection of Devatas, Guham Pravishyatishthantim, enters into all of us and is at the microcosm, individual level. Where do we find it at the individual level? All these devatas, am I, is my body full of deities? Yes, it is. Seeing is a deity. Hearing is a deity. Uh, these are divine powers. Uh, touch is a deity. Smell and taste. The ability to speak, walk. Uh, it's a, it's a form. The, the presiding deity is fire. <laughs> Agni devata. So um, the ability, every kind of activity. That story is there. Now you can see the connection. Um, the Brahmin who killed a cow. Now the Brahmin had a beautiful garden and uh, very proud of it. And then a cow entered the garden and started munching the, uh, you know, his precious flowering plants and all. The Brahmin was so furious, he took a stick and hit the poor cow and the cow died. The Brahmin was horrified, so he dragged, it's a great sin to kill a cow, so he dragged the cow and hid it carefully. Now the sin of killing the cow um, comes to catch the Brahmin and says, now you have committed this sin. The Brahmin says, he knows his Vedanta. So he knows, he says that, no, 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 wait just a minute. Um, the, the hand did it. You know, the hand hit the cow. So the deity of the hand, it's a power. It, that power is a part of Hiranyagarbha. And that power is associated with one deity, with one of the Gs, one of the small Gs. What is that small G? Indra, the king of the gods. That's his power actually, the power of action. So, Indra is the one who powers the hand and therefore Indra is responsible for killing the cow. Go catch Indra. The sin, the sin of killing the cow said, oh, I didn't know all this Vedanta. All right, you seem, seem to be logical. And off he goes to heaven and pounces on poor Indra. Indra is, uh, is um, you know, he's befuddled. What happened? What did I do? So you killed a cow. I don't remember killing a cow. No, you did it. The Brahmin said so. And I saw the dead cow too. Indra says, mm, let's, <laughs> I, I smell mischief. He tells the sin, please wait. Let me go and take a look. So he goes, he disguises himself as a visitor, goes to the Brahmin and starts praising him and says, what a beautiful garden. And the Brahmin says, yes, sir, kind sir, please come. I'll show you around. Yes, yes, please show me around. And what beautiful, uh, you know, um, roses and whatnot, uh, all the different kinds of uh, flowers. Uh, who did this? And Brahmin said, I did it. I planted it myself with my own hands, you know. Ah, I see. And who did this? Who, who made these beautiful uh, um, this, these flowers here? I did it. I did all of this by myself. Everything I've done with my own hands. I see. And then they go deeper into the garden and suddenly they come across the dead cow. And Indra says, oh my God, there's a dead cow. Who did this? And the Brahmin says, <laughs> he is ashamed, he's, he's thunderstruck, he can't say anything more. And Indra now casts off his disguise and assumes his own, I presume, awesome form and says to the Brahmin, you rascal, everything is, I did it. And when it comes to killing the cow, <laughs> then, then it's Indra did it. And then, of course, the sin comes and pounces on the Brahmin. So all this knowledge of Vedanta won't save us if we try to use it, you know, on, uh, only to save ourselves and to put the blame on the gods. No. So, that same power, all these deities have entered into us. Guham Pravishyatishtanti, having entered into the cave of the heart. That means they have entered our subtle body. Shankaracharya gives a nice explanation for the term Aditi, using the playing on the Sanskrit word. Shabdadinam Adanat Aditi. Because these gods, they help us in various faculties, various powers. Because we, it's like they eat. Other, other means to ad means to eat. So they, these capacities are like eating sound and form and smell and taste. They're consuming. So these powers they consume. So that Sanskrit word is at to consume. So from that aditi, all the these these are powers which consume or their objects. And they allow us to do this because of the blessings of all these small G gods, 
uh, we are able to have these powers. They're our superpowers. They really are superpowers. The ability to see radiation, to touch and sense heat and pressure and all that, to taste an extraordinary uh, range of um, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, food and drink and all that, uh, to um, smell and so on. So that is there in the midst of this material universe. What's there in the midst of this material universe? All these powers. Who are these powers? They are all devatas. Who are these devatas? They are all parts of one devata, prana. Who is that? Aditi. Who is that? Hiranyagarbha. What is this Hiranyagarbha? It is just an overlay over maya, which is also an overlay over consciousness. So what? This is that which you asked for. You are that consciousness. It appears to be too much complication, but it isn't. Just think of your own example of dreaming. You are simply a forgotten your body. You are dreaming. It's just a mind which is imagining things within itself. But notice how it imagines. First of all, it hides itself. That's maya. Then it projects uh, bodies and minds into a dream world. It builds up a dream world. There is a, clearly a sky there, a, uh, an earth, ground there, and water there, just like this world. So there are the five subtle elements which have made up sky and earth and water and fire and air. And there are bodies. Your, one of them is your body. and Many others' bodies are there. And some are animals, some are men and women and plants and so on. And in the body, you, you have the capacity of thinking, feeling, understanding, remembering, desiring, hating, being scared, being happy. You have the ability to see and hear and smell and taste and touch. Notice in the dream, you see, but whatever you see, that is you yourself. And the one who is seeing is you yourself. If you see a flower in the dream, what is that flower? It's nothing other than the dreaming mind. And what is the, the one who is seeing? It is nothing other than the dreaming mind. So these are powers of the dreaming mind and a variety of powers. That's just a dream. But this is what's happening in the cosmic uh, world, in, the, in this universe. And the point being, it is all one reality. Now, go further. Physical universe. This is not just subtle universe. Come to the actual solids, liquids, and this, um, this earth, and planets, and stars, and um, you know, oceans, all of that. This is called Virat. At the macrocosm, it is Virat. The microcosm, it is us individuals, each one of us. Technical name is Vishwa. Now we come to that Virat, this universe. Again, a lot of Vedic terms are going to be used. We have to extract this meaning from that. And thanks to Shankaracharya, we can extract this meaning. Otherwise, it just sounds like a, just a torrent of terms which are all unfamiliar, even to modern Sanskrit users. These are all ancient Vedic Sanskrit. Uh, eighth mantra. Aranyo nihito jata veda, garbhaiva subrito garbhine bhi, dive diva idyo jagrivad bhir, avishmad bhir manushe bhir agni, etadvaitat. Now we are down to this, the final level, this physical universe, our familiar universe which we are sitting in now. Translation, when you listen to the translation, it doesn't sound like anything I am, I am talking about, but we'll see. Translation of the eighth mantra. That sacrificial fire lodged in the two fire producing pieces of wood, as also the fire lodged in the hearts of yogis, that is well protected, just as much as the fetus by pregnant women, and the fire that is adorable every day by vigilant men with oblation and contemplation, that fire too is but this Brahman. All right. So, what's going on here? Now we are at the level of physical universe. And to symbolize that physical universe, it talks about fire. Not just any fire. As a symbol of this physical universe, he talks about the fire which was very dear to the Vedic people, the sacrificial fire, the fire which they lit and they performed all their religious actions, their religious the rituals in that fire. Most of the Vedas are concerned with that. That was their mode of worship. Even now, nothing in Hinduism is actually discarded. So even now in Hindu worship, you will find there are fire rituals. Uh, they're called Homa. And uh, in any big puja. So mostly in modern Hinduism, they have replaced 
Vedic worship with puja. Puja is worship of a deity. But in any big puja, there will always be a Vedic fire ritual, a homa. And there, there will be a homa kunda. That means um, um, a fire pit or a place where you can light the Vedic fire. And the Vedic fire is lit. And then oblations are put into it. And the, the way of generating that fire also is, is, is very particular. What they did was they took two pieces of wood. And one of them they kept below fixed. It was called Arani. And the one, another one they put at the top and called Uttararani, the, the, the upper wood and the lower wood. And then the upper wood was used to rub against the lower wood and generate friction. And then that would lead to fire. I mean, I guess this is how ancient man first you know, discovered fire. And so that was preserved. And that's, that's how you light. You don't light it with a matchstick or a, you know, some other fire. No, this is how the Vedic fire has to be lit. And I guess that's the most ancient way of lighting fires that human beings had. So what they did was the lower wood would be kept. Even now, uh, those who do the fire ritual, they light the fire like that. And the upper wood would be kept. It's, it's not easy. Uh, so and, uh, and then you, it's like churning. They turn like this and, and generate the fire. Um, and then you quickly nurture that fire. He'll talk about nurturing it. Literally, it's like nurturing. Once you've got the fire, it's very precious. You don't let it go out. I, again, I can think of uh, you know, ancient man before uh, uh, modern civilization. Fire was very precious. You wouldn't want to let the fire grow, go out because you're surrounded by darkness all around, you know, animals and whatnot. To protect yourself and your little tribe, you would need fire. So firewood, they would never let it go out. And so the moment the fire is lit, immediately there is wood supplied. So one of the priests always will be supplying wood and there's a structure which is created to keep, protect the fire and nurture it carefully. So that's what he's referring to. First of all, why fire at all? Fire as a symbol of physical universe. Which fire? Nothing subtle about it here. Actual fire which we see um, in the Vedic ritual. Aranyo Nehito Jataveda. The ritualistic name of fire was Jataveda. Another name of fire is Jataveda. Um, it, it is the Vedic fire, not just any other fire, but the Vedic fire. Aranyi, Aranyi means that piece of wood in which um, that fire is placed or fire is potentially there and evoked there by rubbing, by churning with the upper wood fire blazes forth and you protect it carefully. How do you protect it carefully? How a pregnant woman carefully is very careful about the fetus and uh, is, you know, is very careful about herself uh, so that the child is protected. So that's the example used here. That's how the Vedic priest would be so careful about the Jata Veda, the Vedic fire which has just been lit. So this is a all of this is to say we are now at the level of the physical universe. So we can see how elliptical the suggestion is. Uh, it seems to be about Vedic fire and about pregnant women and about being careful about the fire and the fetus. But what it just means is physical universe. And dive dive idyo jagri vadbhi. Also one more thing. That fire uh, in the Vedic understanding, there, there was a physical fire also inside each of us. There's an actual physical fire outside, which is lit uh, by churning that wood. And there's a physical fire in, inside each of us, which, which is responsible for digesting food. It's called the digestive fire, Jataragni. Gita also, uh, Sri Krishna says in the 15th chapter, that entering into all beings as the fire in their bellies, I digest all kinds of food. So there is fire outside, there is fire inside. Microcosm and macrocosm. Also further, Dive Dive Idyo Jagrivadbhi. Jagrivadbhi, those who are alert, the Vedic, uh, Vedic ritualists, they not only perform external ritual, but they are alert, they concentrate within and meditate on that fire, who meditate on this holy fire within their hearts. So in themselves and outside, you find that this fire and it's nothing but consciousness associated with maya, causal level, plus cosmic mind or cosmic subtle body. That is the subtle level. Now, the cosmic physical body symbolized by fire. Externally, by the Vedic fire, which means the entire universe. 
and internally by the fire meditated upon in the hearts of the Vedic performers or the fire in the stomach in, in, all, you know, in a secular sense where we digest our food. Again, going to say that one consciousness alone is appearing as the physical universe and the individual physical being, you, your, our bodies. That's it. Jagri vadbi harishmadbhi manushyebhi. Harishmadbhi means those who pour the, the sacrificial ghee, the sacrificial uh, offering into the fire. Those ritualists. Who are those ritualists? The manushyebhi in human beings. So it is in the cosmos as fire, um, the fire lit by us in our, uh, by our Vedic forefathers, the fire which I suppose burns in the stars as a fusion fire which warms our um, you know, solar system, our planet, uh, and the fire within each one of us. Warmth basically is a sign of life. Yeah. Warmth. It, in global warming, it, things are becoming too warm for us. The thing is, warmth is always a sign of life and cold is a sign of death. This fire, uh, it symbolizes life, it symbolizes the physical reality outside. And it's same consciousness appearing as this. So it is one consciousness. Um, fire is always used for, to worship Virat. That's another reason why fire has been taken here. Virat is the cosmic physical form of Brahman. What have we got so far? Brahman, pure consciousness, you. Uh, with Maya, causal level. Individual um, and cosmic uh, and total microcosm, macrocosm at the causal level. Then with subtle body, microcosm, macrocosm, the same consciousness. Then with physical body, microcosm, macrocosm. I'm using microcosm, macrocosm just to uh, represent microcosm is always us, the individual body. And macrocosm is all this, the whole um, universe. In our, in our individual body, this body, the physical body which you see, is the publicly, that which your doctor can see and examine inside, outside, that's the, um, that's the uh, physical level, gross level, sthula. Then the subtle level is the 19 parts within us. Five sense organs, five powers of sense organs, five powers of the motor organs, five pranas, and the four uh, functions of the internal organ. That's the subtle body within us, individual, each one of us. And then beyond that, deeper than that, in deep sleep, when we everything goes into a seed form, blank, that is the causal, individual causal body. Beyond that, I, the consciousness, you, the consciousness, the same one consciousness. That is microcosm. What is macrocosm? That huge universe here. Plus, the, uh, in, in, in that cosmic mind, uh, Deeper, more subtle than that, Maya. More subtle than that, that same one consciousness. So, in the, the words which we used, Ishvara, Pragya, at the causal level, the pair, macrocosm, microcosm. At the causal level, at the subtle level, Hiranyagarbha, Taijasa. At the uh, gross or physical level, um, Virat and Vishwa. And so many other terms were, we were introduced to. Prana. Prana is a very common name for Hiranyagarbha. Aditi. And Devatamai. Uh, then, and so on. Multiple. Basically establishing Sarvatma Bhava. That we are, you are the one Atma, the one consciousness, the essence of everything in the universe. This is the message of Advaita Vedanta. The universe is one with you. We are one reality. Not separating. Separating was done only for finding out the pure consciousness. From there you come back, build back again, absorb everything back into you. The ninth mantra again goes back to Hiranyagarbha. So you'll see Upanishads have a thing for the Hiranyagarbha. He's a big favorite for Hiranyagarbha. <laughs> Hiranyagarbha is a big favorite in the Upanishads. So Hiranyagarbha gets lots of mantras. Ninth mantra is about Hiranyagarbha again. Yatas chodeti surya astain yatra jagachati tam deva sarve arpita tadunatyeti kashchana etadvaitat. What does it mean? 
on that from which the sun rises, in which it sets, are fixed all the deities. None ever transcends that. That this is indeed that. So that Hiranyagarbha, um, in which all power is, um, you know, uh, there. So the deity which is associated with the sun appears in that and disappears into that. That means all the powers that are manifested in Hiranyagarbha at the end of the universe, they all disappeared back into Hiranyagarbha. And Hiranyagarbha itself disappears back into Ishvara. Ishvara disappears into what? Nothing. Ishvara remains. Ishvara remains from eternity to eternity, producing, maintaining and dissolving universes. You see, when does it become Brahman, pure Brahman, pure consciousness? All the time. It is pure consciousness. All the time. From Ishwara to pure consciousness is accomplished by jnana, realization that, oh, I am pure consciousness. It's like all the waves arise in the ocean and, and then again they are in the ocean and they merge back into the ocean. All these waves taken together are Hiranyagarbha. Individual waves are individual minds. You know. All the waves are Hiranyagarbha. And the ocean itself is Ishwara. It's a causal level. Then what is Brahman? Water is Brahman. How long does the ocean take to become water? It doesn't have to take any time. How long do the waves have to take to become back to the ocean? They are always in the ocean, but they disappear back into the ocean. That takes time. They arise, they play around, and they disappear. That arising is the creation of the universe. Playing around is the existence of the universe. Disappearing back into the ocean. There's a time when the ocean is absolutely calm. No waves. No universe is there. But ocean, God exists. God to Brahman. Ocean to water is through knowledge. The realization it always was nothing other than water. What is it to me? Etadvaitat. That is what you are asked for. You realize yourself as that. Let the universe exist. You are Brahman. It is nothing other than you. Let it stop and merge back into Ishvara, into God, into the nothingness. God plus the power of Maya. It is nothing but you. Let it arise again. Mahiranyagarbha is produced. Ah. Um, the first appearance in the lotus blooms in the navel of Vishnu, nothing to you because you are all of that. None of that is actually exists. You are the reality in which all of this is appearing. So have fun. <laughs> this universe is your play. Notice at no time they are saying that the universe will disappear. It will keep on appearing. Movies will be played. But now when you realize it as a movie, you have no problem with it anymore. That is freedom. Okay. Now, let me quickly look at the comments and stop. Chart or graphic for this. I've used graphics at some times and there is. Uh, in fact, I have a whole book of, full of these graphics. Somebody at one point decided to put all this information together into graphics. I can share that. But the graphics got increasingly complicated. <laughs> until they are some of the most complicated graphics I've seen. So everybody wants a graphic. Uh, graphic. Okay, let me see if I can share it. First, I have to see which one it is. So this is all Vedanta Saharat showing uh, different things. Whatever is in Vedanta Saharat, you can put into um, graphics. You can see all of this is, but it's in Sanskrit. <laughs> so, so here, for example, showing this is Ishwar, Brahma, Ishvara, Jiva, then in Sushupti, deep sleep. Pragya in um, Swapna, this is a dream, this is Taijasa, in Jagrat waking, this is Vishwa. And at, at the cosmic level, here is uh, Ishwara and Hiranyagarbha and Virat. Yes, but it's not particularly illuminating. First of all, it's in the graphics are not particularly of good quality, and it's all in Sanskrit. <laughs> I made a, a much simpler graphic, actually. Uh, maybe we can share, take a look at it later. All right, let me just look at the other remaining comments. 
Akashic records, I mean, I have heard about this term again and again. I think it's popular in new age terminology. But yes, it would be something that would be in the library of Hiranyagarbha. Nirjari says, Eko Navingshati, 1 minus 20. Ashtanga yoga practice, all right. Gaurav says, Bernardo Castro has analytical idealism theory in which outside physical world is ultimately mental. He has concepts of individual mind and cosmic mind. Right. I think his work is very interesting. He's a physicist and um, very much what he says is very Vedantic or at least Sankhyan. Nidjari says, would Ganapati be one with small G? No, this is more complicated. So when you are talking about Ganapati, you mean Ganapati with capital G. So Ganapati, uh, Vishnu, Narayana, Durga, they are all God with capital G. It's, they are all different forms of the same one God, Ishwara. So when Ganapati is being worshipped in Mumbai, for example, it's not small G. It's God with capital G, Saguna Brahman, Ishwara, God of the universe. Female counterparts would represent as female counterparts um, the Shakti of God with capital G. Or just when you worship not as female counterparts, just as Durga or you worship as Lakshmi, for example, then it would be capital G. That God herself, it is God seen in a female form, but it's, it's that one God. So I know all this is complicated. Actually, it isn't particularly complicated. If you just think of pure consciousness, pure consciousness plus Maya, pure consciousness plus Maya plus mind, pure consciousness plus Maya plus mind plus body. That's all. Think of it like yourself, the way you see yourself. Uh, Jayashree says, is Virat the same as Jagat? Jagat would be the body of Virat. Just as you are not the same as your body, it's your body. Uh, you are consciousness and with this body. So consciousness plus the universe is Virat. So Rick has got a chart all about Vedanta. This chart works. So causal level, subtle level, gross level. Karana, Sukhma, Sthula. Individual aspect, collective aspect. Individual aspect is microcosm. Collective aspect is macrocosm. Uh, individual aspect is Pragya. Collective aspect of macrocosm is Ishvara, God. Um, individual aspect is Taijasa. Collective aspect is Hiranyagarbha. Individual aspect is Vishwa. And collective aspect is Virat. So they have given much simpler names. God, it confuses to say use the word like Logos. It's just subtle, subtle body, basically. An external universe. This is the body of Virat. So Virat, Hiranyagarbha and Ishwara, they all refer to consciousness with something, qualified by something. Don't say Hiranyagarbha is cosmic mind. Uh, I know I say that sometimes, but it means consciousness with cosmic mind. It don't say the... Um, uh, Virat is the physical universe. It's no consciousness associated with the physical universe. Physical universe is the body of uh, Virat. Good. Let me do the Shanti Mantra. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Arpanamastu